How can we maximise the usage of the products we sell? And what are the best ways to convince consumers to make more sustainable choices? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. As you know, we're now on a mission to help you embrace the path to net zero, make your business and your products more sustainable and help educate consumers to make better buying decisions. And of course, we're still interested in helping you make your business more successful because you can do all four of those things. Now, one of the worst industries, one that contributes more to the climate emergency than the flying and shipping industries combined is fashion. Hopefully not news to any of you, but worth reiterating. So it was absolutely brilliant earlier this year to see lots of sustainability-focused brands in this year's Draper's 30 Under 30. Now, for our international listeners, Draper's magazine is the beating heart of the UK fashion industry, and their 30 Under 30 is their pick of the best business owners, entrepreneurs, and um, team members in the fashion industry who are under 30. So some truly inspiring people. And we are going to be showcasing a handful of these brilliant people over the next few months, because I believe the ways they're approaching creating a successful business that also does a lot of good for the planet is the sort of inspiring stories that we all need to hear. In today's episode, we're exploring a solution to the problem that is fashion waste. So we're talking to not an e-commerce store, actually an app for clothes swapping that has a lot to share on what's going on in this topic. Our guest also has a lot to share in terms of how this can solutions like this can help brands like all of you lot to grow your sales, to improve your business, to do better overall. And she's also got some really cool advice on how we can get these messages across to consumers. There is a lot of very cool stuff coming up in this in- interview. I thoroughly enjoyed recording it listen ahead to get a lot of inspiration and a lot of top tips as well. Before we get into all of that, though, please do check out our sponsors. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. I'm focused on our strategy and innovation in the CX department here at Princess Polly. I have a quote and I always tell our CX leaders that customer experience is the heart of an organization and we pump the blood and deliver the oxygen to the vital organs in the business to help them thrive and grow stronger. The gorgeous platform allows our agents a seamless place to just do it all. We are really there for the customer every step of the way if they want. Our customers expect quality and efficiency where they are. So the real question is, how do you get quality and efficiency across every single platform? And then once you have it, how do you maintain it? And I believe that with the Gorgeous platform, we can do that. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. And now to introduce today's special guest. Ashling Byrne is the founder and CEO at New, that's N-U-W, a fashion exchange app for pre-loved high street vintage and designer fashion labels. Founded in 2018, the app went live in 2020 and already has a 4.5 star rating. And in 2021, they facilitated 20,000 item exchanges. Hello, Ashling. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me. 
It's great to have you here and congrats on um, the speedy growth of your app. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's been an exciting ride with the pandemic thrown in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we get into what the pandemic did, how did you get into e-commerce? So my journey was a bit organic. It was kind of seeing a problem that I really wanted to find a solution to. And in 2013, I spent some time in India and this was the same year as the Rana Plaza building disaster. So it was a garment factory in Dhaka in Bangladesh that collapsed and over 1,130 people died. And this spawned what some people might be familiar with as the fashion revolution. So really calling attention to both the social and environmental impacts of fashion and what was happening behind the scenes and whether or not we could continue, I guess, with this cycle. So for me, I became really interested in, and then simply couldn't look away. And so I wanted to start understanding how do you make new models within the fashion industry to ensure that they're sustainable and something and kind of models that don't exploit people and both people in the planet. So that's really where my love for fashion came from and kind of want to change the industry um, a little bit from the outside in and then kind of realize that you actually need to change from the inside out. And so new really started from there it was looking at myself and my friends and all the high street brands that we would buy understanding that there was a lot of these still in our wardrobes but the mechanics and opportunity was there to recirculate those pieces so I guess it was really how do we use the systems that we buy firsthand fast fashion from and and use those to create a new market for pre-loved fashion and so that's really how it started at the time I had no idea how to set up a brand or a platform or build an app or any of that but um it all came quite organically from the idea and the concept and then the technology got built out from there as e-commerce brands and people in the world of e-commerce, we often think about the sustainability problem as being the things which are within our own control. Mm -hmm. So the product creation, the delivery, the dispatch, the returns, all that side of it. But actually, there's a huge problem of the amount of fashion that ends up in landfill. And what happens after the consumers have got their hands on it, you know, wearing it once, never wearing it at all, and then just throwing it away because you're trying to make space in the wardrobe. And mm -hmm. so I think it's it's interesting you've, you've gone over that side of the market, which arguably could have a bigger impact than the other side of the coin. Yeah. And I think that was a bit about, as a person, what is the experience that I have within the industry and what do I have the ability to change? And so there's been a huge amount of progress made in material innovation, supply chain, how these pieces are going to be created for obsolescence and how they're going to go back into the ground. And those have all been brilliant. But exactly like you said, I had this massive concern about what happens within the use phase. And a lot of the time that's kind of outside the brand's control to a certain extent. I think a lot of leadership and education is needed from the brand side. And if you're running your own platform, what is it that you can do to promote more responsible consumption? And it was, okay, well, if clothes are going to be made in a more sustainable way, but we're still using them with this disposable mindset. Do we ever really solve the problem or does it simply perpetuate until, you know, we really, we start destroying the resources that we just can't get back. So I, I became really interested in the use phase of it and how can we create these new economies on top of what we already have to recirculate the resources that already exist. And so it's really exciting, really challenging to do, but 
a lot of it was how do brands and consumers come together to actually achieve that? Because I think sometimes it can be seen as a one or the other. Either brands have to solve the problem or consumers have to demand change and then change their behavior. Whereas sustainability is all about collaboration and how do you start to look at the models that we've created and the way that we use our clothes collaboratively to create that kind of change. So new is very much how do we bring those two together so that both brands can benefit and the customers who actually own those clothes can get more value out of those clothes and keep them in circulation. So it's been um, really interesting to explore both the brand behavior and and the customer behavior. Um, Because I think there's also a lot of uh, brands will say, oh no, well the customer doesn't want this. We have to do what the customer says. And then the customer will say, we want brands to change. And you're like, okay, well, who does the book stop with? Because (laughs) it's got to be someone. So then we just decided it would be us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like it. The, bu- the buck stops here, taking it on for all yeah. of us. Um, we'll get into that the conversation with the consumer, the conversation with the brand in a moment, because I really want to get into those. But first of all, um, I suspect quite a few of the listeners are going, how, do, how does it work? How does yeah. your app work? So um, let's explain the nuts and bolts of it. So um, Ashley, how does your app work? Yeah. So from a mechanics point of view, you essentially join the platform and you upload pieces of clothing in your wardrobe that you no longer want. If it's high street, you upload a piece and you get one silver coin. If it's mid-market or designer, you get one gold coin. We very much sway towards high street and fast fashion because that's really what we're looking at at solving. So 80% of what goes up is high street or fast fashion. And then once your item is approved on the platform, you receive that coin immediately and you use that coin as your currency. So essentially your clothes are your currency on the platform. You can spend that coin that you've earned to take a piece that's new to you from any other member on the platform and you pay a simple exchange fee on top of that transaction to new. So it's 99 cent if you spend one of your silver coins and it's 199 if you spend one of your gold coins. So really we've taken the traditional resale model where there's a buyer and a seller. We've done resale without the sale <laughs> and we've made users both sides of the marketplace. So not only are you getting new pre-loved clothes into your wardrobe, but you're also ensuring that those clothes that you're not wearing are going somewhere to have another life rather than just being disposed of. So it's a really innovative model in, in how it's used. And it's used, I'd say, a lot more like a social network in terms of the engagement and in terms of the habit that users are building. So the frequency is really high. They're doing about 21 transactions over the course of a year. In any given month, they're doing about five when they are active. And so we looked at that in comparison to kind of what is the sell-through rate of resale, which can often be just about 10% across thrift stores or resale platforms. And this is specifically for high street and fast fashion. For luxury, it's amazing because they hold a lot of value. And we have an 83% take rate on new. So it was understanding that it's not actually the clothes that are the problem but the mechanics at which they're valued. And so when you start to value them in a new light, so you basically give away a piece and you get a piece, then that makes it a really different and more frictionless experience. But it adds value back into the clothes that they otherwise wouldn't have. So very simply, you can trade the wardrobe that you have for a whole new wardrobe. Wow, so so it's kind of like a tokens-based scheme using the gold and the silver coins for swapping one item of clothing gets you another item of clothing. You pay new 99 cents for the facilitation of the arrangement. And then when we swap with friends, which you know I know is what kind of inspired you to start all of this, we maybe swap it for a weekend or a week. Are these 
permanent swaps or are these temporary swaps? So the majority of activity on the platform is permanent exchanges. So you have a request for one of your items and you give that away permanently and people can keep it. And you likewise keep the pieces that you request. You don't also have to swap directly with a single person. You can just use your coins wherever you'd like. There is a separate section on the app where you can borrow short term, but that's a very small amount of the activity, especially with COVID. So those short term borrows work for ball gowns if you're part of a university community and you're going to an event. But for the more casual items and a lot of those stable pieces in your wardrobe that don't fit you or you're simply not wearing, the exchange model is perfect for just really changing out your wardrobe and and refreshing completely so that those pieces go and and start getting used somewhere else. Which I guess makes sense with those stats you said about, um, you know, 21 swaps a year per user and five in a month, because it's that month where you go, time to clear out the wardrobe. Exactly. So we're going to bulk some. Yeah, exactly. It's very much bulk mentality. So you'd look at about five per quarter. And we often find that people will upload five pieces, they'll do their exchanges, and oftentimes you see items which our, our community kind of created a phrase renew. So if you have exchanged something previously in the year, you've got your wear out of it and you're ready to pass it on, you'll you'll title it renew so people know it's already been passed through the platform before, which has been really nice to see because these items are getting multiple lives and fast fashion is just so quick and we wear pieces so little that they are in really good condition for multiple wares across multiple people, uh, which has been something that was really interesting to see as they get shared around. And you mentioned the pandemic there. And your app went live in 2020. Yeah. Great year for launching anything. <laughs> um, has the, the impact of the pandemic accelerated the use of the platform? Has it made you have to make changes? Has it left you in a better place to where you thought you were going to be? Yes, it has. And it was something that I did not expect that this was how it was going to turn out. So as with everyone, March of 2020, I cried a lot and thought that the business was gone and that was it. And that for me was where the importance of mission came in. So it was always an understanding for us that there are billions of clothes that exist in the world and we need to use them rather than have them going to landfill. And When I very first started new as a community just in Dublin, I used to run these swap shops on the weekends just alongside my job and people would come in and they'd exchange exactly the way the mechanic works. So they'd get a coin when they entered, they'd leave their pieces at the check-in, they'd go onto the kind of shop floor and everyone would exchange kind of within those couple of hours. And so we totally understood the mechanics that would work and we made the decision to pivot really early on because kind of luckily I just thought yeah, this is the world's going to be different now, even though we all kind of thought we were going to be out of lockdown before the end of June um, (laughs) at the time. But borrowing was interesting because in comparison, it was really low frequency and you needed a deadline of an event to engage and kind of make it worth the effort to kind of go back and forth with a single piece. And a lot of it was hyper-local. What the exchange model brought in was really high frequency because people are actually changing in and out their wardrobe more of a habit. It was really fun because you basically have these coins that you can use and you're seeing things go up on the platform in real time. It's very low risk to take them because you get to try them and then you could just re-upload it if, if you did need to. But as an activity during the pandemic, this was just really fun for people. <laughs> so we would run events in the app where different sections of the app would open 
we'd have it for two or three hours. We'd work with some influencers, work with some top users. We'd drop multiple items at a time and kind of on a rolling basis. And everyone would essentially social shop together. And it was just a brilliant point in time to say, not only did this work as a model, which is totally new, but we actually got it to work in the middle of a global pandemic. And that's really something that just kind of having a bit of faith really got us through because we had to, you know, take a lot of risks. It was very untested in terms of tech. We raised some money to pivot and rebuild the platform. But thankfully, it was what worked. And I think those are sometimes just the total the things that you never could have planned for. Like, I I don't think we would have had the traction that we do now had we continued specifically working on the bar side of the platform. It was just kind of amazing to see the turnaround. And I think the hindsight being a wonderful thing, I can (laughs) see why there'd be more traction around the swap rather than the borrow. Yeah. Because, I mean... I think we all have friends we wouldn't even lend a dress yeah. to because we wouldn't anticipate getting it back. So the permanency of it makes it a lot lower risk for a consumer to give it a go to, plus the fact they get their coins yeah, exactly. as they upload. You don't have to wait for someone to be interested in your piece. Exactly. You get it straight away. Yeah, that's been really important as well because if we need to figure out how we get clothes out of wardrobes and into the hands of someone who will wear it, Like, what is the incentive for someone to actually take that piece out of their wardrobe? And what happens is when you start using new, the incentive is you get the currency and then you get that other piece that you want. And so then it all just opens up because then people just start putting their entire wardrobe up because all of a sudden it's you've unlocked the value that otherwise you can't get. It's really difficult to resell these high street pieces and it's often not worth the effort if you're kind of negotiating for 25 minutes and then someone asks you to pay for the postage and all of those different things that kind of happen in terms of friction. But um, mm-hmm. that that value element, I think, was the biggest nugget that we hit on in terms of just the behavior around clothes and the, that sense of ownership of pieces. And, and people like just, I would say, getting rid of them as well, because a lot of the reason that we hoard it and we hoard items in our wardrobe is because we feel some sense of guilt that we did spend money on it and we haven't worn it or we're not getting use. And we feel that maybe sometime in the future we'll fit into it or we'll wear it or we'll get some sort of value. And then, you know, you're five years down the line and then that's in the bin and that's just the worst place for it to go. So that kind of sense of value was, was really important as a trigger. And with the consumers um, who are your user base, have you found them more the millennial group or is it across the age ranges? Because we we hear a lot in the press that the millennials are up for this and the Gen Zs are up for this. Is that what you, I mean, and obviously you're focused on the high street offering. So in some ways it's more likely you're going to get them. Yeah. But have you found they're the consumers who are embracing this the most or is it cross-generational? So the people who are using the app are mainly 18 to 20, sorry, 18 to 35. And um, we see kind of a distinctive behavior split between Gen Z and millennial. A lot of Gen Z will have tried resale before and it just simply hasn't worked. And they're looking for ways to just more in a more savvy way, get, get clothes and get rid of their clothes and be environmentally conscious with it. For a lot of the millennials, we found that they never really became resellers in the first place. So often new is what they have started using And it's because they have curated this entire wardrobe over the course of maybe 10 years and have yet to really do anything with it. So that's just kind of interesting. We found looking at various different research, and I know Ruth McGlip did for her her master's thesis, a lot of research into the kind of behavior and swapping and exchanging. 
And over 50s would be really high adopters if they were also kind of given the opportunity. But but a lot of the time, kind of savvy app users are just what Gen Z are going for and they're really used to it and they're kind of used to this kind of online. But actually as a demographic over 50s did quite a lot of swap shops and exchanging when growing up. And so this is something that they'd actually be really primed to do. So for us, it's very interesting of how do we get a larger demographic involved? We do have users that are over the age of 35, some of our top users. And for them, it's really this appreciation of a wardrobe that they've built and this want to see it go and have more of a life. And that kind of communal aspect is really important. So I think for us, it's important to make communities like this really inclusive and that it doesn't, because Gen Z is a demographic as well, they consume a huge amount more than I guess is, is it Gen X that we would refer to as, as over millennials so kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. <laughs> um, because they have the opportunity to consume Boohoo and Sheen and all of these other really ultra fast fashion brands a lot of the time for a younger demographic they're understanding of what consuming less means is still consuming higher than someone say over the age of 40 so that's been really interesting for us to see whereas people over the age of 40 they consume quite a lot but at nowhere near the speed and volume of of a younger demographic so a lot of the time we would look to kind of this kind of over 35 demographic and say you would be ideal <laughs> to, to spearhead this. Um, and then it's just how do you reach those that customer base? And I think a lot of that should be led through brands because I think that they have a really strong affiliation and loyalty to brands. And when brands lead on things, that demographic really does listen. So it's kind of understanding, whereas Gen Z are very much, you know, we can call the shots with brands to a certain extent and we can demand more from the brands. But the consumption patterns are, are showing that, that we're not necessarily getting anywhere with that. So yeah, it's kind of interesting to see the different demographics, but mainly using the app now, it would be 18 to 35. Got you. Wow, you gave us a lot in that answer, <laughs> um, Ashing. Thank you. So what I'm my my very broad brush to that is that the the Gen Zs and the millennials have the the tech know-how and they're very comfortable with this way of swapping things, but there is a huge opportunity with the older markets to do it. But it's a different set of messaging, which I guess makes your job a little bit hard yeah. because you've got one message to the Gen Z, which is here's a better way to leverage the power of your of your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Then you've got um, the millennials of it's time to give it a go, and leverage yeah. the power of your wardrobes. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, as you said, with the, the kind of the over 35s, this needs to come from brands. So I think most people would assume that you as someone who's encouraging people to swap clothes, you're not going to be talking to brands, but you're doing quite a lot of actually talking to fashion brands and getting them involved. So so how do you work with brands? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I found early on that if we don't collaborate in creating solutions for a more circular economy, no one is going to win. And brands are a really big part of that. You know, they make our clothes. So... <laughs> Um, so so we really need to integrate them into, into this more circular model. So what we've developed um, and what we're building out now is a system where brands can essentially pull past purchases from customers and have them added to the new app so that when they get recirculated, the brand also receives a revenue share of that. So that's the model that we're working on because for brands, it's really difficult. You know, they have they're, they're running businesses, they're getting through COVID, they have a huge amount of competition in the space. 
it's really difficult for them to build their own resale model, especially when the resale sell through actually isn't that high. They either need to take those pieces back, do a huge amount of logistics and getting them somewhere else. And then what do you do if you, if you are unable to sell those? And then peer to peer, you need to manage an entirely new community. So for us, it was people are buying these pieces firsthand. We should work with brands to ensure that they create more value for those pieces over the total life cycle. And then for users, it's all about show, seeing leadership from brands and understanding that they also want people to make as much use out of their clothes as possible. So for us, it was initially working with smaller brands. They would sometimes donate pieces to the platform. We would give them visibility. Users would exchange them. But now it's really looking at high volume purchases and how we funnel them from their first time purchase into a secondhand market without losing visibility. Right now, brands lose total visibility and There's no stopgap between when they're purchased and when they end up in landfill. And there are a lot of brands really leading on this that that actually don't want them going to landfill. Like not only does it look bad and not only is there a backlash from consumers, but policy is changing at a really fast rate. So for us, it's really how many brands can we get on board and who can we talk to and how can we start looking at at the second life of clothes? And we really focus in on high street and and fast fashion for this as well, um, because we feel that the solutions are there for mid-market and luxury. Those rental platforms, those resale platforms, the likes of the real, real, they have really high sell through and and they're really well run. But it's that um it's that fast fashion and high street demographic that's really kind of we're sinking a sailing ship if we can't if we can't solve that. <laughs> e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you confused about choosing the right platform and hosting option to launch your online store or to speed up and streamline your existing business? I've always used WordPress and WooCommerce for my projects. And last year, I moved my hosting to the super fast solution Cloudways. The Cloudways team have now made it even easier to set up a new WooCommerce site from scratch with their all-in-one solution, the Cloudways Starter Bundle. The Cloudways Starter Bundle offers all the essential plugins and tools to run your store smoothly from day one. It really does make launching a new WooCommerce site super fast and super easy so you can focus on your product content and marketing. Plus, the Cloudways Starter Bundle is backed by fast hosting, lightning fast 24-7 support, and it's on a platform that makes it all really easy for anyone to manage. Go to cloudways.com slash masterplan today to get up to two months of free hosting worth $25 using the promo code masterplan. It's time time for the top tips round. 
Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. But before we do the top tips, Ashley, a very quick question for you, which is you mentioned what sounded like some awesome research, um, which I think was Ruth McGlip. Yes. Is it? Can you send me the link and I will put it in the show notes for everybody? Yeah, yeah. So I'll check with Ruth. Um, so it's her thesis that she sent me on. Um, so she works actually for Fashion Revolution at the minute. So I can drop her a line and see if she's happy to share that, which I'm sure she would be. But she's a wealth of knowledge on the topic and has really, I guess, dove into research on exchange models, which hasn't been looked at. Um, from an academic perspective as as thoroughly as you would think. So it's been really informative to kind of see what she's been looking at. And then she's bringing a lot of that into Fashion Revolution as well. Nice. We will put links to, I assume, Ruth somewhere on um, LinkedIn and we'll put links to Fashion Revolution on the show yes. notes for everyone who's listening as well. And then you guys can get in touch and um, if you're interested. Right. Okay. That was a slight detour because I was just going, oh, people are going to be going, yeah. who was that? What are we talking about? So we'll add that in for you all. Um, so, Ashling, are you ready for the top tips? I am. Yes. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would recommend The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. It's a quick read and it basically encourages you to try and test and just continually break things (laughs) in order to find out what works. And I think it's really about not going down the wrong path for too long. If you go down the wrong path for a week, that's fine. You've learned a lot from it. But if you go down it for nine months, that's really difficult to come back from as a business. So it's all about breaking and testing and iterating and improving. Excellent. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think piggybacking off existing communities and looking at partnerships with brands or communities that are the same value set as you and are looking to do the same things. We partnered with Law Stock, which was saving clothes that were discarded when pandemic orders weren't paid for and didn't go through. It was a whole mess within the industry. But a lot of people were getting mystery boxes of clothes that maybe weren't their style or didn't fit them because they were a mystery box. And so they were then directed to upload these pieces to new. And that for us was a brilliant partnership because it's connecting with like-minded customers for people who have the same value set and bringing them onto new. So those have been really powerful connections that we made and partnerships that we did. Oh, how clever. It's like you're solving a problem that they don't want to have to solve. Exactly. The whole of this was let's let's get that stock into people's hands so it's useful. Yeah. We don't want to build a returns platform because we're trying to get rid of stock and yeah, have it back. Exactly. And you've got the perfect mechanism for swapping it up and getting it to the right people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I think I do think 2022 we're going to see a lot of brands doing some very clever partnerships with people. Yeah. I think 2020 might become the year of the partnership. Exactly. And it's this realization that, wait, we don't need to solve every individual problem ourselves. <laughs> Why should we reinvent the wheel multiple times? I think brands are just getting more savvy with that now. Oh, completely. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So I use Airtable and... I love Airtable because it has a complete feature. So when you have a list of things to do, um, you tick it off as complete. And if you filtered it correctly, it just hides what you've completed. And I love it because there's nothing more that stresses me out than 
an entire list that you started to cross off and then you rewrite the list again with all the new things that you have and you just never see that list getting any smaller <laughs> whereas there's some sense of, of relief at the end of the day when it's just gone off the sheet completely and you don't see it but you know it's trapped somewhere so that's just my own little um my own little thing that I have to do or else I would just get so stressed. <laughs> Airtable is, is um so uh, Slack is the most recommended tool. Oh yeah, I love It has been for a few years. Airtable keeps getting really powerful recommendations about the moment. It gets about one a month mm-hmm. and every time it's a totally different angle on Airtable. If I make it to the end of Q1 and I haven't yet started using Airtable, <laughs> I'll be surprised because... <laughs> Every recommendation is so heartfelt and so powerful. So listeners, put it on the test list. Yeah. Um, Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I would say leveraging the customers that you already have to generate word of mouth around your product. So there's nothing more influential than someone telling their good friend and recommending your product. And so if you can attach a story or something that the people who have just received your product can easily talk about, like an easy way to describe the business, an easy way to describe the uses of the product, and also ask them to talk about it. People really respond to a call to action. So it's like, thank you so much for shopping with us. If you've enjoyed this, if you've used it here, tell someone, reach out to a friend today. So those referrals, I think, are the most powerful because if you have 100 customers and they introduced 10 new people each, that would be a thousand. Or even if they just introduced one person and then that next person introduces someone else, that's that's how you can grow and how you can scale. And it's really organic. You can do it for free. It's just talking to people. I love that. Thank you, Ashling. Uh, now, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? You can download the app on iOS and Android. Just type in new, N-U-W, and you can find us on social at we are new. So we are N-U-W. And if you want to drop us a DM, um, our contact info is there. Always happy to hear from potential partners or potential users or people who have just joined the platform. Oh, thank you, Ashling. It has been Truly inspirational listening to you. You've shared so much value. I know the audience are going to get a lot out of this. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. And I wish you all the best with uh, with growing the app and the user base and getting them swapping more and more because it can only be a good thing for all of us. Thanks so much, Chloe. Really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks so much for having me on and, and getting to, to share our story. So a lot of takeaways from our chat with Ashling there. Um, I guess first off is that we can't, whether we're running fashion brand or another brand, we need to be aware of what happens with our product after the consumer gets it and how much of a life it gets. Because often a lot of that carbon footprint, that you know, use of the earth's resources is, is obviously in the creation of the product and getting it to the person in the first place. And then the more times that product is used, the better use is made of all those resources that went into its creation. So if we can give products more and more life, hence, you know, reuse, recycle, et cetera, reuse it first is always the best thing that you can do. So I think, you know, as, as for consumers to be using this kind of platform is brilliant because it's going to keep clothes being reused and so forth. I love those times that they're doing with brands in terms of, you know, a big opportunity to encourage your customers 
to do better things with your product. I can see, you know, in maybe 12 months time, we'll see some of the big retailers saying, and we've been able to track that 30% of our products get a second life with a second consumer further down the line. The other key things was how they're getting the message to, to the consumers and how they're tailoring that message and the use case for the different generations, which I guess if you are trying to shout more about what you're doing, you're trying to change consumers' buying behaviors, be aware of how those different messages are hitting the different demographics. Because we have different experiences and different levels of this reuse economy, this sustainable economy, and make sure you're getting the message right for each of those user groups. A load of of kind of cool possibility there. If you want to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including details of that research, research that Ashling mentioned and how to get involved with new if you're if you want to get your brand tied up with that, then you'll find all of that and the top tips and the transcript and all that kind of stuff over at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. Just navigate to this episode and you'll find it all. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Now, if you like this episode and you want some more cutting edge, solving the problem of fashion content, then I've got two more episodes that you can get stuck into right now. The first is is 360, where I was chatting with Eve Keke, who was also one of the Drapers 30 Under 30 this year. And she shared all about her baby clothes subscription service. So working it in a different way, getting people to subscribe rather than um, buying and disposing of. And then also episode 372 with Kalkadan Legesse, who was one of the 2021 Drapers 30 Under 30 theme here. And Kalkadam was talking about if new is for the high street fast fashion side of things, then Kalkadan's solution is for the more uh, mid-market premium clothes market, where she's built an app called Schwab, which enables people to sell their secondhand clothes really easily by pulling in the product information from the original retailer and giving the original retailer of the item a cut on the secondhand sale space. So new is what we've been talking about today was about swapping clothes. Calcadan's service, Schwap, S-H-W-A-P, is an app for selling um, products. So another really interesting one to listen to. So those two episodes was 360 and 372. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So if you know someone this show can help, please do ask them to listen to the keep the keep optimizing. No, that's my other show. Ask them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 